On today's show. <laughs> On today's show, we talk Disney dining plan returning and other huge updates for 2024. This is Double Your WDW, the Disney World Planning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 163. I'm your host, Julie Elster, creator of WDW.com, the Disney World Planning website. With me today, everyone's favorite. Tech Nasty. Except no one calls you that, my husband. No, that's what they call me now. Oh. I mean, just read the reviews for your own podcast <laughs> and it will become abundantly clear that I am Tech Nasty. Tech Nasty. Yeah, the most recent review that mentioned you also mentioned your diarrhea. Okay, who hasn't had diarrhea? Mm-hmm. I'm just empathizing with the people. You're keeping it real. You can't touch this. <laughs> okay, but how many of us have had diarrhea in Animal Kingdom? I have. Okay. That's one. All right. You uh, haven't lived. Like, I got the full Disney experience. Mm, that's the Disney experience? Yeah, it involves... Uh, Too many laxatives? Yeah. Well, you know, where did we get those? We got those from... We did get them from the just the shop in the resort. You're right. Yeah, so it's their fault I had diarrhea there. Oh, okay. All right, we can go with that. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. So um, we're not talking bathroom habits today. We're actually talking about some big announcements that were made. So uh, are these like actually big announcements or is it like YouTube cover art big? Nah, big announcements, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. No, these are actually some some pretty big announcements. Now, how you feel about them, I, I don't know, but we can discuss Bob Chapik slapped me in the face? Question mark. Yeah, I love the forty-minute video. And the answer is no, he didn't. The YouTube thumbnails. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Do you want to just jump right in? All right. So I, I can't wait to hear your take, your hot take on these announcements. Oh, biscuits. I know you. You have some <laughs> some important takes, and we're gonna hear them today. I mean, I'm literally invested. We're Disney shareholders. I guess we are. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you are. I'm not. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well. But we're married, so. What's mine is yours? Yeah. What's yours is yours? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to it. I'm not a financial planner. (laughs) The first big announcement. They were super vague on this one, on this announcement. But just knowing this is happening gives me some hope, I guess. Uh, Disney's planning on fixing Genie Plus. The announcement specifically said They heard from guests and they're working on ways to improve Genie Plus, which will include letting guests book rides before their visit. But other than that, no specific details. Um, But clearly they were listening. I mean, it's just been like nonstop complaints. And this is not just like Disney fan complaints, because Disney fan complaints you have to take with a grain of salt. You change anything you're going to get the Disney like, oh, community. You ruined my childhood. Yeah, you're going to get the Disney community. You know, like that ride that nobody rides anymore. The moment it shuts down, everybody's all up in arms. Is there like, a specific ride where that happened recently that you could think of? <laughs> well, okay, so. I was just curious. Yes. Um, so when Runaway Railway opened, everyone's like, this ride is nothing, nothing compared to what Hollywood Studios used to be with the great movie ride. That was, everyone talked about the great movie ride. The thing is, you could just walk onto the great movie ride that ride was so lame (laughs) as a kid i liked it um but you know that was like when the park first opened and i waited an hour and a half to get on it things were different in you know the late 2000s i'm just saying if 
an old ride or an original park ride closes, the Disney community loses their minds. Even if they never really rode that ride or they haven't ridden it in, you know, five years, doesn't matter. They lose their collective minds. But also, things are stale and they better give us something new. (laughs) Yes, but it better not have IP. Because if I see any IP, then, you know, you're just, you're phoning it in. Okay, all of it is IP. (laughs) These are the complaints the Disney community, um, which I'm a part of. And I am IP now? I think so. Strange. Just like the time I was at a concert and I used the word merch and some woman made fun of me. Yeah, well, I was like... I was like, Since do regular then, people use the word merch? Is this just me? I take notice and inventory of every time I hear or see the word merch used in that same context. And it turns out it's all the time. What was this lady's deal? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Your vocabulary is limited. Get mm-hmm. with it. Maybe she was just making fun of me because I'm me. That could be it, too. Anyway. Yeah, pretty awkward. Anyway, the point is the, the complaints about Genie Plus were legitimate are legitimate i should say because it's not like genie plus is changing tomorrow these complaints are legitimate and it's not just the disney fan base this is like first time visitors long time visitors this is everybody has had some complaints about getting you know about the price of genie plus because it's only going up how many rides they're getting not being able to book rides ahead of time having trouble planning or you know just the the number of complaints are being on their phones the entire time so i'm really curious to see what Disney is going to do. So this announcement was vague, but I do think it's a big and important announcement because Genie Plus does need fixing. And so clearly Bob Iger's aware of this and feels like this is something we're going to work on immediately. So, And they plan on letting guests book rides before their visit? That was the only clue that they gave. So this t- t- clue, that's pretty big detail. It is. Yeah, but there's there are no other details. All right, so this sounds like they coke tooed Genie Plus. There's Coke 2. It's way better. You're going to love it. And then you're like, "Wow, it's awful. This Coke 2 is terrible. What have you done?" Great news, guys. We're bringing we're bringing back. back original and we're rebranding it. <laughs> now it's Coke Classic. Okay, so is this are they going to rename this Fast Pass Classic? That's really hard to say. No, but too that, many double S's. Fast Pass Classic. Yeah, that's that's hard to say. Just as Coke was able to relaunch their century-old product, Disney here is relaunching a already perfectly fine product, except for fixing the one flaw: it was free. Now it's not. <laughs> okay, the problem with Fast Pass the the old system. The old Fast Pass before Genie Plus. The problem with that, and if you have not watched it on YouTube, uh, Defunct Land does a great video about ride queues, and he explains the issues with Fast Pass and what happened. It started out as a great system. It had a limited number of rides that offered it. You had to go up to the ride in person and grab a ticket when it first started, and they only gave out a certain number of tickets per ride. And it just, it worked beautifully. The problem is there's people like me out there who figure out the hacks because that's just what I do. And then I share that, I share that knowledge and then everybody has the knowledge to, to figure it out and get as many rides as possible. I mean, I literally have a podcast episode called Genie Plus Hack. So, (laughs) so that is, so I will say that is my job. Um, 
So I get why it's frustrating for Disney. Yeah, you're like, why do I have to wait in line? Also, let me tell all these people how to not wait in line. Mm. Well, someone has to pay the price of you not waiting in line. Okay, but here's... The capacity of the ride is finite. I think that there are ways, though, Disney could do this and do it. But I think if yeah, they... Fast Pass Plus now costs $1,000. <laughs> $1,000? $1,000 per minute. Oh, my gosh. There's guarantee you're getting on that ride. Well, I think they need to severely limit the number they sell and whatever price point that ends up being, I don't know. Like, I don't know what makes sense to Disney, but they need to severely limit. They sell too many right now. I think that's problem one. I also personally think they should limit the number of rides that utilize. If you're only using bigger rides, that means people will be forced to stand in regular standby queues at other times, which should which should even out wait times, wouldn't it? What is the appropriate amount of time to wait for a ride? Well, What's that, the, it, just the what is the amount of time that is all right to wait? It that depends on several factors. It depends on you and your personal preferences. It depends on the ride, definitely. All right, uh, you, Peter Pan versus Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance. Okay, how long are you willing to wait for each of those? Me personally, yes. Peter Pan, thirty minutes. Rise of the Resistance, an hour. And so if you had a fast pass and you had to wait how long with the fast pass? Pretty quick. Just minutes. So what's the complaint here about it then? Why do we have to limit it? Because right now you're paying for it and it sells out. And so you're not getting your money's worth. The problem is you're not going to get that Peter Pan lightning lane. You're like, you won't be able to get it because that one sells out too quickly because so many people are using it. And then a ride breaks down. And this is a whole other thing. A ride breaks down. They're like, hey, here's a free lightning lane for any other ride. So that clogs up other rides. It just, I think if they didn't have it for every single ride. You think they overestimate their own capacity because they actively hamstring their own planning with like free passes and breakdowns. Maybe. Or they just are selling too many or they're not. Maybe the price isn't high enough. So when they're selling it, they're really not. They selling do you the shortened ride. They're selling you like the right to use it. Yeah. They're selling yes. you the right to use the feature. Yeah. You are not guaranteed going on rides with it. There is no guarantee. And this the, thing is stressful. The wording on there says something like like average guests. I want to say it says we'll ride like three rides with it. So if you're spending like on a peak day, let's say family of five, $30 per person, just to get three rides that you don't wait in line. I don't know that that's worth it. So this is where I'm like, maybe they should limit the number they sell. They should limit the rides that they use it on. I don't know. These are just some some thoughts that I have about it. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know that I necessarily think booking ahead of time is the answer, but that was something that I did. I liked with fast passes. I, I knew I was guaranteed a ride, you know, but that adds more. All right, I have to be up at 6 a.m. however many days before my trip to book it, which I assume will be the same thing with Genie Plus. That's how Fast Pass worked. That's how restaurant reservations and anything else works is you have to be up at the crack of dawn to book it. So that's, you know, it's just moving the stress to a different date as opposed to the morning of, you know, day one at the parks. I think we should take and economics approach here it's just a thousand dollars ticket to get in and we don't have to deal with any of this nonsense it's just one price that's the end of it just give me the all-in 
I'm not messing around anymore, Price. Yeah, I don't like that I have to play. And then I'm never going because a thousand bucks is a lot. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm like, I, All right, good to know. See you. My idea, but also I'm out. Um, I, I don't know. I don't like that being on your phone all day is a big part of it with Genie Plus. There's just a lot of things they don't really like so much about Genie Plus. I love dodging those people who are just like on their phone. You have to be. You have to be. And but it's then, unfortunate. Like, duck in somewhere. Like where are you supposed, where is the right place to stand to poke at your rectangle <laughs> in the middle of a theme park? I don't know. Maybe I'll write an article on that. <laughs> yeah, what's the etiquette here? Um, but there's really, I'm going to put a link in the show note because that Defunct Land episode where he discusses Disney World ride queues. I mean, it sounds so boring and ridiculous, but it's so good. I had so many people send me that video. Yeah, like non, non-Disney people. Yeah. Yeah, no, me actual, too. like normies. Normies, yeah. Me too. Uh, so, or, I know I've said this a million times, I also would um, accept Universal's approach if Disney did what Universal did, where you charge a premium for the right to skip the lines. I mean, it's expensive, but there's no poking at your phone. You just, it's like, all right, each ride, you can do it once. And then, you know, then you're done. But there's no playing on my phone. There's no reserving times. And it makes for a must, much less stressful trip because you you don't have to like be up at 7 a.m., you don't have to rope drop. You can just show up and skip the lines. It's a better way to do how it. How often you plug the wonderful benefits of Universal? It's this on your one Disney World podcast. It's this one thing in particular that I feel Universal has really, really done better. Okay, I'm it, gonna defend this one because I, I think frankly they're different experiences. Just because Universal is significantly smaller, however, it does feel like there's a lot of stuff they do better or on par. Yeah, the, I think Genie Plus really, I mean, when it first started, it was bungled and they've made updates since then that have helped, like being able to edit stuff. Like before you couldn't edit anything, like you picked something, you couldn't edit it, like stuff like that. Like, how did you just, you know, release this and not have thought of these things? But a lot of that's been fixed, but it's still it's still not great. It's still kind of a mess. So it's not that they haven't thought of it. It's a thing. Oh, oh look, that's phase two. If you want <laughs> us to hit our goals. That's phase two. Uh, also, that's when we raise the, the price. Number of devices they have to support. Yeah, what that's true. I'm not saying it's easy. It's I understand that the technical aspect and they of have it. To, like hard, just absolutely harden the thing against psychos like you. <laughs> We're like, oh well, maybe we'll like hook ChatGPT up to it. Oh boy. <laughs> I'd also like to take this moment to remind listeners of my episode called Genie Plus Hacks. <laughs> my man. All right, let's move on to the next announcement. And we're going to get to the Disney dining plan because I know that's the big one that everybody's waiting for. But before we get there. All right. This is exciting news. Uh, Theme park reservations, which I hate, are being eliminated for date based tickets. That seemed redundant to begin with. Well, okay, so you pick when you buy date based tickets, you say, I want, you know, three days starting on this date. It gives you a window that's a little bit. It's so they give you a window of like four or five days. So they give you a window and they say, all right, this is these are the dates that your tickets are good for. You can go three days on any of these four to five days. So they get to know I'm coming. That's fine. So they know you're coming, but they don't know what park you're going to. So after you purchase those tickets, you have to make park reservations. Starting on January 9th, if you buy tickets or you pick your start date for your tickets, you don't have to make park reservations anymore. 
Now there is an option for more open-ended tickets where you're like, listen, I'm not exactly, I want to buy the tickets. I want to lock them in, but I don't know the exact dates I'll be going yet. Um, so if you buy those tickets, you still have to make park reservations. Just tell me which one's the cheapest. <laughs> when you pick a date, that's going to be cheaper than the open-ended ones. All right. Then. I'll just, I'll just tell you and that. I don't have to make reservations. That and you don't like have to make winner. reservations. All right. So thoughts. Fabulous. Again, yes. they're just like, Hey, we're going back to the way things were. Yeah. I'm like, my first thought was fine. Finally, finally. Also, there's like, Hey, daddy's home. And I'm going to fix this. <laughs> he is. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I think that song was for you and Bob Iger. I had nothing to do with that one. <laughs> we're, I, look, you were the one who's like stalking him around the park. Man crush. No, that was Chapek. <gasps> I saw, Ew. I've never seen Iger in the park. I saw Chapek in the park. Sick. I've never received so many negative replies to anything I've posted on social media ever as the time I posted a, f- a video of Bob Chapik. I just want to know why are we still limiting capacity? I'm very curious what the reason is for limiting capacity still. I don't think it's limited. It seemed like a real nightmare when you went last. <laughs> yeah. And I, but Magic Kingdom, they were like sold out, which to me, I'm like, well, that's kind of odd because the only time I've ever been in the parks, like pre COVID, like before park reservations, before any of that, the only time I've ever been in the parks where they've hit capacity has been on like major event days. And that as long as like you're in the park before then. So like think Christmas Day kind of thing. And even then, typically it's Magic Kingdom that hits capacity and sometimes Hollywood Studios. So that's why I'm like, why are these why are the parks still selling out? Why do we still need reservations? I'm really curious what's going on with that. Is it short staff? Are they are they not at 100 percent? I just assumed they were based on some of the crowds that I've seen. Nobody wants to work anymore. But I, oh, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, that could be true. But yeah, so I'm just curious why we're still limiting capacity. Okay, so kind of, so the next announcement, kind of in addition to this last one about park reservations. Annual pass holders and cast members get "quote unquote" good to go days where no reservations are needed, Why and so do they have to give everything these goofball names. I don't know. I don't. Some Disney PR person's like nailed it, guys. Got it. Hold on. Hold on, everyone. Hold on. I got so when it. You start got talking it. Something about Disney World. It sounds like you're speaking a different language. <laughs> like immediately, you sound alien and crazy. Well, let me tell you about good to go days. There will be predetermined days. Where you won't need a park reservation if you are an annual pass holder or a cast member. Unless it's a plus day, you know, or like a blackout. I don't know how many. It doesn't apply to extra ticketed events. Yeah, no, no. I don't, I don't know how many of these days they're going to add. To me, here's my thoughts on this. This is stupid. It's a quote unquote perk. It's a pretend perk. That's a pretend perk. They're just like, hey, we're trying to add, we're trying to add value. Like, no, I'm sorry. No, my annual pass is not incredibly expensive this does not add any value to it none whatsoever so this is a pretend perk to me I, as an annual pass holder myself i don't i like saw this and was like yeah i don't care oh biscuits. yeah no that one that's, yeah that's a it's non- a pretend perk a pretend perk okay for the final the big announcement that i this is like probably the most common question i've been asked since 
uh, you know, everything shut down and then reopened is when's the dining plan coming back? When's the dining plan coming back? Like I, I wish that I had this like secret knowledge that people seem to think that I have like, you know, Bob Iger's whispering in my ear and only my ear about the dining plan. Sadly, that has not been the case. I learned about the return of the dining plan. (laughs) I learned about the dining plan with everybody else. It will be coming back for 2024. It's going to be a little bit different, though. So previously, there were four tiers to the dining plan. A quick service, regular, uh, regular plan plus, and deluxe. When it comes back in 2024, only the quick service and the regular dining plans will be coming back. We don't have pricing yet, but we should know at the end of the month because that's when packages open up for 2024. So you'll be able to book dining at the end of the month. So May 31st, we should know what all the prices are going to be, but we do know what the plans include. So the quick service plan, you get two quick service meals, one snack, um, and that's per person per day. You also get a refillable drink mug, which are good at the uh, stations in your resort or also at the water park if you're a water park person. The regular dining plan is one quick service meal, one sit down meal and one snack per person per day. Also a refillable mug. The difference from those mugs are so gross, <laughs> you know, they're not at Universal. If you get the refillable mug, there are stations throughout the parks. I'm back to Universal again. <laughs> but I got to say, like, I'm not a fan of the refillable mugs just because you can't use them in the parks. You can't refill. I mean, you can use them, but you can't refill them for free in the parks. Um, but at Universal, you can if you get their mugs. Anyway, the big difference Besides cutting the two bigger plans, the biggest difference is previously you got two snacks per day. Now you only get one snack per day. So other than that, oh no, the plans look basically the same. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the price difference is. We all know groceries are way more expensive and restaurant prices have gone up significantly since, uh, you know, the reopening of the parks. Oh yeah, this thing's going to so, be painful. So yeah, I, it, I'm curious to see what kind of price hike we're looking at, um, you know, with really the only difference is one less snack per day. So, okay, thoughts on the return of the dining plan. The and- dining plan makes the trip much more enjoyable. I hate being nickeled and dimed on these things. It takes the fun out of it. And food is can often be the biggest expense. Definitely. And so the, being able to budget for it easily with the dining plan and then not worry about it when you're there absolutely is a value add because it like you're buying peace of mind and enjoyment it's great yeah and and i think a lot of people plan these trips like one to two years in advance so if you're like yeah maybe it adds up depending on how you spend them you can you know get more for your money or maybe not depending on the restaurants or the snacks you pick but even if it costs a little bit more if you're able to comfortably space out paying for your trip over two years that's huge like that's a big deal for a lot of people rather than all right i'm at the park and my family of five i'm spending four hundred dollars a day on food you know today this week you know every day you know what i mean like you're spacing it out over a longer period of time for a lot of people so for budget purposes that's great prepaying it's great um i don't know how i'm gonna feel until i see the pricing, but I will say that's how I feel about Cybertruck. I <laughs> I'm going to miss stocking up 
on those Disney snacks at, on the last day of the trip because you're like, oh, crap, I got like 20 credits, snack credits left. And so you go and just like stock up on Rice Krispie treats and, and like Chippendale pretzels and whatnot. You're bad at using the meal plan. I'm bad at using all the snacks when there are five of us. Snacks. Snacks. I'm from Chicago. When there are five of us and it's two snacks or it was, it was two snacks per person per day. Are you laughing at me? All I can hear now is snacks. (sighs) You're the worst. I love snacks too. (laughs) Don't you know? There will be no smooth jazz song for you, sir. (laughs) Little little Midwestern modesty. (laughs) I will miss really, uh, you know, loading up on my snacks at the end of a trip. Oh my God. Also, I'm not, I'm not sad at all about cutting the bigger, um, options, the bigger, the, like the deluxe dining plan or dining plan plus. Well, it's not, I don't think the value is there for those ones in particular. We did this middle tier one. Yeah. uh, The regular one is, is the one that we would do. And so that it's like, all right, you plan like a nice dinner, sit down dinner, you know, you've got your quick service, you grab a lunch or breakfast or whatever at the park. And it's great. If you have multiple, multiple sit down restaurants per day, I don't like, I I know that I talk a lot about how I can't eat at the parks like a a normal human being, but even if I was at home, I don't think I could eat that much food. It's, you know how the portion sizes are at Disney. You're They're doing two, two sit-down restaurants in one day. There's you're no, right. it's you, crazy. You would be Ill. Yeah. And like, all right, you're, you know, and you might be thinking, well, you could do one of the restaurants that costs more points. Like Cinderella's Royal Table, it's like two credits instead of just one credit. Well, that's a terrible value yeah, of the credits. The double credit restaurant. Yeah, it's just a terrible value. So there's that. Like you may as well just save up and buy a Disney gift card and do it that way rather than the dining plan. So I'm not sad to see the bigger ones go. I think these are just a way better value. It's easier to figure out what the value is on these two lower tier ones that they decided to keep. So I'm excited. And again, my thought was it's about time. That was pretty much my reaction to all of these. It's about time. I know you were really excited about the gotta go days. But yeah, oh yeah, I, I can't stop talking about it all day. I was like, guess what? Guess what? What? I don't know. It sounds like that means I have to go to the bathroom. I think we're back to like the diarrhea story. You're so immature. <laughs> Any final thoughts here? Yeah, things are improving because they're just going back to what I like. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. Okay, Thanks, so, so a lot of big things coming uh for 2024 we're not sure when the genie plus updates are going to happen but just knowing that they're in the works is great the other stuff the reservations being removed and the dining plan those all start january 9th 2024 if you're interested in booking a package um there's a link in the show notes let us help you because i guarantee on the 31st of this month when those open up phone lines will be crazy it will be like hours long waits and you will probably end up waiting on the website as well. You'll get the uh, Big Thunder Mountain screen that's like, hey, your estimated wait time, three hours. So Stop it. Get some help. Yeah, let us help you. Let us help. Um, so very exciting. I will put link to in the show notes for that if you want help booking your dining package. We should know pricing uh, by the 31st. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes with the dining plan 
overview, and that will be updated on the 31st with new pricing. Tap or swipe up on the episode art. Get to the show notes. <laughs> Tech nasty. Uh, all right. So uh, coming up, I have a couple of trip reports scheduled for this month. I also would like a redo episode here that Kurt and I were supposed to record when I had strep throat about Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. That is coming up. And if you want tickets for the first party or anything late uh, October, I would buy those now. But we will discuss tips for the Halloween party on an episode coming up pretty soon. Other than that, I'll be back in the parks next month. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, there's a link in the show notes. Yes, a link in the show notes where you can apply to be a guest on the show. Otherwise, I will see you guys in the parks. Tech Nasty.